0: I don't know who you are, young lady. You certainly know how to handle yourself well. Batman. Batgirl? 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 Yes,
1: Batgirl.
0: This Bam Pow. This is Batman Land. Our purpose here is quite serious. Each week we chat about the 1966 Batman TV show. We might as well get a few
1: laughs out of it.
0: Discussing the episodes airing this week on SBS Vice Land. My name, it's Dan Barrett. I work on an SBS website called The Guide. Joining me this week is a man who doesn't know his Spurs from his Stetson, it's Nick Bessing.
1: That is a, a falsehood. I know what Spurs and Stetsons are.
0: Well, that's not what your biography says. That's true. But howdy partners, we have a third voice in the studio today. We have joining us SBS channel manager and returning guest of the Batman land, it's Ben yee
2: Yeehaw. <laughs> Thanks for having me back.
0: That's never seemed less authentic.
2: Oh. Um, I bought it. I thought it was authentic. It's it's as authentic as the episode we were about to discuss.
0: <laughs> now, <laughs> Ben Muen, which episodes have you talked about here on the Batman Land?
2: Ah, well, the most recent one that we talked about was a Mister Freeze episode,
0: because mm, uh, oh. you of course busted out the
2: a, a bit of Arnie, yeah, a bit of uh, the
0: ice to see take you. you to the cooler.
2: <laughs> That's what it's all about, you know. Because the first time I came on, I really uh, pulled out all the stops. I came dressed in my Batman pajamas. Mm. So I thought uh, in honor of uh, you know this show coming to its natural end that I would come today dressed in full Batman costume. <laughs> Hello. No, no, I haven't done that. That's
0: disappointing because last time, when you you came in in your full pyjamas, I wasn't on that episode. That's true. It's the only Batman Land without me, so Mm. I haven't had the pleasure of dress up Ben.
2: Oh, I should have have done it in honour of you.
0: You should have, but you've got a bag there and I'm curious to know what's going to happen here. I
2: have brought in a a few props just to to show off a few pieces of memorabilia. So I was... um, cleaning out my parents' place and found some of this stuff that I used to have as a teenager. Were you kicking them out of their home? (laughs) It was was the old... um, Way to dodge the question, Yuen. It was the going back to the parents' place and them kind of going, what's all this old junk? Um, We don't want to look after it for you anymore. Priceless
1: Star Wars figures? Do you have any of those?
2: Uh, I haven't uncovered any of those yet. Did you find I'll-
1: a copy
0: of Action Comics issue one?
2: <laughs> well, I'll pull these out in, I think, as chronologically as I can. So so this is just a random selection of what I found that would have decorated my old bedroom. So this is an original 1992 Ooh. Danny DeVito as the Penguin Happy Meal toy. Right? Yep. Very
0: cool. So. Now, it doesn't have the pen in it, but I had one of those as a youngster as well. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, I had the whole set. had oh. a Catwoman as well. Oh, uh, had it's, a Batman. It's
2: heavy. Yeah, there's Not some heft to it. Not mm.
1: insubstantial.
2: Uh, so uh, let's jump to uh, 1995. It looks a little bit like Dick Cheney. And uh, <laughs> I've got here um Batman Forever poster. Wow. With all our favorite Look cast Look at Chris there. O'Donnell.
1: He looks so angry.
2: (laughs) It's a a thing of beauty there, that one. Also, 1995, this is the original toy Batmobile for Batman Forever.
0: Now, obviously, you've got the toy. Is that your favourite incarnation of the Batmobile? And this is the Batman Forever Batmobile you've got here in your hands?
2: No, it's definitely not. This is, um, and I can't even say that I bought uh, all of this (laughs) stuff. I think some of it... Along the way, my my mum realised that I had this thing for Batman and so uh, random second-hand, like, garage sale finds she would get (laughs) and bring me, including this 1995 bike rear-view mirror (laughs) with Batman in the kind of Superman pose, which is that's a bit unusual. And
0: that looks like memorabilia from the Batman animated series.
1: Ah, yeah, you're right. This Batmobile is everything that's wrong with Batman Forever.
0: Can I have a look at it's that thing? It's an
1: utterly pointless upgrade. It doesn't look better than the previous one. No,
0: in no way does it. No,
1: the Burden one is much better. And it doesn't even look that different. It's very close. although It's got ben, glow
2: inside
1: stuff. And it's long. It's impractically long. I should say
0: that like looking at this here, it's actually missing the big tail thing that comes off the back of it here. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: It needs
2: uh, some batteries as well to light up the... to give it that inner glow. So let's jump ahead to 1997, and this is the Batman and Robin golden book.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: So, uh, you know, you can remind yourself of the
1: storyline, the
2: adventures with your children.
0: I'm thinking 1997 when that little golden book came out, you would have been a man of maybe like 18, 19 years old?
2: Uh, No, I was younger than that. Year 11, I think. No, 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 year 12. Year 12 I was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so at least 17.
2: Yeah, yeah a little the
0: golden book is all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> well, this is this is to finish. Okay, so oh, hello. so um, uh, th- this frame did once contain a family photo, <laughs> and what I did was rip out the family photo. Just
0: found or, something more meaningful
2: and replace it with the Batman origin story told in comic book form. So uh, that
0: is fantastic.
2: Um, yeah, so so th- I've just welcomed you both into my bedroom of uh, twenty years ago. This or... is
1: this would be the Detective Comics, the whichever original one. No, so I don't
0: think that's from, that's not like the original Batman story. That looks like it's a retelling.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know. Where, I
2: have got no idea even where I found it. All.
0: Yeah, so I mean, this looks like it's some Bill Finger art. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when it's from. It's obviously like a newer thing that's been recolored at some point.
2: Because some of these, the the poster definitely comes from. Um, so in in 1995, I was in grade ten, mm. and my brother and I um, decided to enter in to a coloring in <laughs> competition at our local comic book store. Yeah. Uh, so he was he was the grade under me. Um, so I would have been about 15, he was about 14.
0: Which comic store would this have been?
2: Uh, it was Impact Comics in Canberra.
0: Oh, fantastic.
2: And Which is still around these days. Yeah, in some form. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. actually
0: went in there a few months ago. It's a vibrant and cool store.
2: Ah, well, that's good. Probably helped along by the the wonderful colouring in that my brother and I did. And, uh, you know, we were very impressed. We thought we had a good chance of winning a uh, Batman Forever prize pack. Yeah. But what we thought would help our chances is if we entered in our coloring under our younger brother's name <laughs> and he was in grade 6 at the time so in primary school. So we we did end up winning. We we entered one under my youngest brother's name and another one under his friend's name. Mm. And then they had to go in as young children and collect the prizes under and and pretend to to have actually done the coloring in, further perpetrating the lie. Yeah, you I monster. think they they got uh, their photos taken with the store
1: manager and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked.
0: Batman would not <laughs> behave in such a manner.
1: That um that golden book you have there has a credits um Akiva Goldsman mm. who wrote a couple of these, mm. well the bad ones. Yes. Well, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. And when I,
0: let's not cast labels like bad onto these <clears throat> terrible movies. When I. Um, he still
1: works a lot, that guy, somehow.
0: Uh, he just finished up as one of the producers on Star Trek Discovery. Mm.
1: He's one of cinema history's greatest monsters. <laughs> oh, there's some nasty stuff under his name. Yeah. So there's stuff like Fringe, which had a kind of a cult following that show, mm. right? Then, um, well, I don't know. Do people like I Am Legend? They shouldn't. (laughs) Dark Tower, that was not good. Transformers The Last Night, you loved that one, Dan. You you said it was a resurgence of of the series, of the franchise. I'd say
0: resurgence of cinema as an art form.
1: I remember when I took this stuff more seriously, I cursed his name after those Batman movies.
0: My my
2: brothers and I were the same way.
1: Yeah. I'm sure he's a lovely person, and I, I wish him the best.
2: Yeah, he probably could tell great stories about how his ideas were corrupted over. Yeah, you know, maybe. With, with many
1: studio oh, methods. that's a good idea. Mm.
0: I'm just going to drop a few screenplay credits he's got here. A Time to Kill. Yeah, classic. Lost in Space. Ooh. Practical Magic. Ooh. Ooh. A Beautiful Mind. iRobot.
1: The Da Vinci Code. Hey, a be- can we talk about A Beautiful Mind for a second? This is a Batman podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, do people think that's a good movie? I, I didn't mind it. I just watched it the other day. Yeah. It stinks. Does it? And Russell Crowe, I know he won a prize and everything, but yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's got that whole,
2: uh, is this real or is it in his head, take on mental illness, yes. which I think probably has dated pretty badly. Yeah,
0: it has. <laughs> I never saw it for one very specific reason. Honest to God, it's this. I knew that Akiva had written a film. (laughs)
1: There you go.
0: Yeah. You had standards. Look, I can't do it. And also the new Titans TV show, like the Teen Titans show, uh, that has been, let's say, galvanizing the internet. uh, That's also a little- Oh,
1: yeah. He's mm, doing
0: that. I believe he wrote the first episode, if not quite a few episodes. So he wrote
1: that line in the promo, the- The F Batman. F Batman, which brings it back to Batman. Oh, nice. Mm. But it's not a nice line. No. But Did you see this promo, this uh, trailer? I haven't seen it. Night, is it Nightwing or is it Robin? Well, it's Robin. So we Robin. don't know which version of Robin. Is, Presumably some, is this Grayson. live action? Or? Yeah. Oh. It looks terrible.
0: It's a new series being launched for the DC Comics uh, streaming service that they're launching I later can't this keep year. track of all of these. I'll send, you, I'll send you a YouTube link. You'll love it. Hopefully there's a podcast out
2: there that can explain this stuff for me.
0: If only. But instead, we're stuck here with Batman Land, where we're discussing (laughs) two episodes of the classic 1966 Batman TV show. We are going to look at The Great Escape, which aired initially on the 1st of February 1968. Villain Shame, God, love that guy. And we're going to talk about the follow-up episode, also featuring Shame and his sidekick Calamity Jan, and that's The Great Train Robbery, and that aired on the 8th of February 1968. How do they come up with these names? But Nick Veseen, I know I watched these episodes, you know, within minutes of starting this here podcast. I don't remember what they were about. Please do us the honour.
1: I'd be happy to. So Calamity Jan and Frontier Fanny.
2: You can't get closer than two feet till a marriage is
1: arranged. Break the very popular villain, Shame. Well, I appreciate it mighty much, Frontier Fanny and Calamity Jan. Out of prison with a big red tank and unite him with the rest of their gang. That's a mighty fine looking gang you round up there, Calamity Jan. A harmful Native American stereotype in red face. Oh. And a Mexican character in brown face.
2: Fernando Ricardo Enrique Dominguez.
1: They're going to rob a train, but first they rob the Gotham City Opera House and they get into a fight with Batman Robin and Batgirl. Batgirl gets kidnapped, and Frontier Fanny gets knocked unconscious accidentally, so the harmful Native American stereotype makes a deal to swap the two. I come talkin' peace treaty with you. But in the exchange, a fight breaks out that results in a draw! luck! Shame and his gang rob a train. About 83 million, give or take a hundred. Then Batman baits Shame with a sky-riding drone. Look! Batman and Shame face off in an abandoned part of town that looks a lot like a western set where Batman beats him like a drum. You're a sham shame. And the Vietnam War rages on. <laughs> now
0: here's the thing. First of all and Ben Yuan as channel manager for SBS you're a bit of a big deal here. Maybe you can actually Huge do this. Huge
2: deal. Ooh, yeah. yeah I barely fit in this studio.
0: Well pretty much. But as a authority within this building, can we actually say "frontier fanny" on SBS airwaves?
1: Uh, we'll bleep it later. Okay. I was going to ask. This is a cultural difference. It, mm. Is that is that hard to listen to over and over again?
2: Uh, I don't I don't mind the word, but what I can't stand is when it's combined with "pack." Yeah, those are called bum bags. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're terrible in any language. But is it like hearing? Frontier vagina over and over again. <laughs> or no? I don't know. There's a there's a bit of an innocence to it because I feel like the only people who would call a vagina a fanny would be like year threes oh, in I the see. playground. Okay. Girls have a fanny.
1: We're a lot more mature than <laughs>
0: it's always uncomfortable when you hear an adult person refer to a fanny.
1: Yeah. Pack or otherwise. Yeah. You know, I've never heard it happen in real life. I've only just I've been told that yes, this is a, a euphemism. But
2: in in the US it like means bum, right? Yeah. So it, so it still would have a bit of a like in the back in the 60s would it still have a bit of a double No, no, it's
1: more like sit your fanny down. Yeah. And uh do your homework.
0: Yeah legitimate question when the phrase is being used in the u.s are they usually referring it as like the like the actual sort of bottom is it like a cheeky word to use or is it really just like a you know, like as you said put your fanny down
1: yeah it's not it's not that all that cheeky it's, it's just, like
0: utilitarian sort it's of like a more polite but
1: it's just like but yeah U-T-T. but maybe but is ruder maybe
0: yeah because butt's kind of funny yeah
1: <laughs> Fanny's had the funny. Fanny taken is not out of as it. rude as butt, mm. if there's a on a rudeness scale. Mm.
2: Oh, I need to see this scale. This would be actually useful.
1: I'll bring up. Maybe I'll bring it in in my goodie bag <laughs> next time. <laughs> so Nick was yeah. let's maybe
0: get started breaking down this episode because there's a lot going on from the very beginning. We're in Gotham State Prison. It's a grim but foreboding edifice.
2: Yes, and, and uh, like politics, it has been the refuge of many a scoundrel. <laughs>
0: Now, this is this a children's show. <laughs> I don't the, know about you the guys. There's cynicism
2: already in the late 60s about
0: politics. I don't know about you guys, but when I engage in a little bit of casual horseshoe tossing, I don't need to be shirtless for it. <laughs> but but you look better when you are. Well, obviously. When do you prefer to be shirtless of, if it's not horseshoe uh, tossing? <laughs> Let's keep this off the microphone. Okay. I mean, I appreciate the dynamics, I guess. There's probably a bit of wind that gets caught up when you're flicking a horseshoe. I get
2: that. Safety equipment was not a big concern in the 60s.
0: Mm. But fondue, huge concern. Mm. Mm.
2: Ah, excellent
0: fondue, Barbara. Mm. And so we cut over after the breaking out of Shame by Calamity Jan and Frontier yeah. f-. She's got a red tank.
1: Yeah. There's an odd choice, yeah. It, you'd think if you're trying to break someone out of prison, you want to you want to attract less attention rather than yeah. More. It's got to be more subtle, yeah. Because everyone would watch that tank go past, but if you colour it red, I think you, they'd just take whatever tank they could get. Mm. I did like that later on. They make a joke about it. There's a joke about the, the tank and the how tank rental plays. Yeah, it. returning <laughs> it to the tank rental. That's that was that was that reminded me of that's a that's a classic uh, Batman thing.
0: To do. I did find these episodes funnier than I think I've seen for a while.
2: The writing was decent with the big exception, glaring exception of uh, some of the the stereotyping. But the fondue, it sort of, this scene which was, it was like Bruce Wayne had been asked out on a date by Barbara (laughs) and like come over to my place for some fondue. Shown up all uh, raring to go and then finding that her dad was there yeah. as their uh,
1: chaperone. chaperone. Yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: But I feel that that could have been a scene out of, straight out of Mad Men. That was beautiful. That was the the Mad (laughs) Men-Batman crossover
0: I wanted to see. Good. While I found it awkward and uncomfortable watching Bruce make that declaration that it would not be proper to remain in Barbara's apartment without a chaperone, I found it more awkward to watch Barbara refer to herself as a spinster. She's like 22, 23 years old at most. That was weird.
1: That Barbara character has a lot of stuff going on. Mm. Very complicated lady. Does Barbara at some point enter... At the around the eight minute mark, and say, "What's going on at this clan rally?" <laughs> this this line I missed.
0: you yeah, I All see right. I, I may well. have
1: misheard it, or maybe it was um, it was Dick. <laughs> but I thought I thought <laughs> somebody said clan. Either clan gathering, maybe. Like, what's up with this clan gathering?
2: Well, she was. Little- oh, she does. Yeah, when she goes into the office, into she Gordon's says clan, right? Yeah, I yeah. I know it.
0: <laughs> Busted. Hi, everybody. Well, this certainly looks like a gathering of a clan. Uh, well, the actress of Von Craig had been in quite a few Elvis movies. Maybe she wasn't looking for a clan, but as much as a clam bake. Makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't. There's a couple of interesting guest stars I thought was worth flagging in this one. Uh, you got Calamity Jan, played by Dinah Merrill, but apparently she's the real-life wife of uh, Cliff Robertson, who played Shame.
1: So you've had... Nepotism. Sh- you've done the Shame shame has been on Batman Land before, so you've gone over how he's Ben Parker and Spider-Man. Uh,
0: you know what? I don't think we actually did discuss that. We might have. I'm sure the Batman Land archivists have probably, you know, rushed back to their files and, like, just checked, but I don't think we talked about that. But you
2: should listen back to that episode, if only for the shame song that plays at the end. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> that thing was brutal. <laughs> Special thanks to Jeremy who put that together. Jeremy R. Podcast, um, audio engineer, mixer.
1: Cliff Robertson was also on... Falcon Crest, which was a big uh, nighttime soap. Mm. Did you uh, get that over here? Did you watch Falcon Crest? We got that
0: here. Okay. I think Channel 7 played it late at night.
1: I didn't, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you never heard of Falcon Crest? No. You call yourself a channel manager.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so apparently when Cliff Robertson was approached to reprise of the role, he did say, look, I'll do it, but I want my wife to come in. And so... They did have very
1: go? good chemistry.
0: Yeah.
2: I actually agree with that, yeah.
0: Now, Frontier here. F- as portrayed by Hermaine Baddeley, she makes our second Mary Poppins guest star. Oh, she and Mary Poppins. Who was was the first? Uh, The first was the mother from Mary Poppins, and she was in a, what, like three weeks ago?
1: She's great. She was great on this show. Real highlight.
0: She was in the episode Mm. where they went to Mary Old England. A couple of other guest stars. We've got Jerry Mathers, the beaver from Leave It to Beaver. What? Where was he? He was the guy who played Pop, the door manager. The stagehand.
2: I'm Pop, the stage doorman. Pop, You ain't old enough to drink, Pop, far less be called it. Well, I'm 17, and it's a time-honoured theatrical tradition that no matter how old or young the stage doorman is, his name has to be Pop.
0: Oh, that was the beeve Yeah, and I don't know how many people in their late teens, early 20s get referred to as Pop, but here we are. Oh, wow. But, yeah, that was the Beaver. Nice beaver.
1: Thank you. I just had it stuffed.
2: Let me help you with that. <sighs> Um, Wait, we got Fannies and Beavers in the one
0: episode? <laughs> this Batman lane has got it all. You're forgetting um, Victor London. Who was Victor London?
1: He uh, was I the. Har- I thought,
0: who is Victor London?
1: But also, who was Victor <laughs> London? He plays the harmful Native American stereotype. And he was also the first Klingon on um, Star Trek. Oh, really? Ooh.
0: Yeah. Now, another name in here you've got Arnold Stang. You know, the great Arnold Stang.
1: Of the Boston Stang. Of the
0: Boston Stangs. Uh, he had an uncredited cameo as the gun shop owner. Now, we probably know Arnold Stang less as the stand-up comedian that he was to earn himself a place on this, but we know him today as the voice of TC and Top Cat.
1: What the hell is that?
0: Top Cat, the animated show. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is this yeah. Has just turned into naming
0: <laughs> fake shows. <laughs>
1: Top Cat is a
0: real thing. You know Top Cat, surely. No, what's Top Cat? Hanna-Barbera cartoon from the mid-60s. Uh, Oh,
1: <laughs> and he wears a. Does he wear a hat? Yeah. And he's a cat. Yeah. But he's what does he do? Cat. What's his um? What's his? He's a Does he top have? Cat. Does he have a catchphrase?
0: It's unfortunate Heaven's, being homeless. Is that <laughs>
1: Heaven's <laughs> Murgatroyd.
0: No, that was that was Snugglepuss.
2: I did like the cut back to him asleep on the moose head where <laughs> he'd been hoisted up.
0: A really weird thing I found about Arnold Stang when I was doing a bit of research on him. Uh, First of all, this isn't his only uh, comics-related gear. He got his start in radio playing Jughead in the Archie Andrews radio show back in the day. Nice. But also, and this is like a weird sort of coincidence, and I'm not inferring anything into this, but I think it's just worthwhile putting his cards on the table, he made guest star appearances in both The Cosby Show, Ghost Dad, starring Bill Cosby, and The Cosby Mysteries. Oh, boy. I'm just saying he clearly had a relationship with Bill Cosby. Mm.
1: It's gotten dark. Let's stay in this area for a little while
0: longer. <laughs> hey, who here liked when Batman was reading Shame's letter in Western Speak?
1: He was having a really hard time with it. <laughs> it did not seem natural. Yeah, that was good times. I watched this with my eight year old, and he found some very curious things to be entertaining. He First of all, um, Shame brags about shooting someone in the head three times, mm. even though this is a children's show. Mm. And It he, was an amusing line. <laughs> he doesn't miss an opportunity to refer to his mother-in-law as ugly, which my eight-year-old just thought was hilarious. <laughs> and um, he says, why couldn't you have been, you born, been born an northern? orphan? Mm. Eight-year-old laughing, cracking up. Another good line. <laughs> That's my level of humour.
0: <laughs> now, Ben, you've got a couple of kids. Have mm. they watched the 60s Batman show? Yes, I, I've exposed it to them. And have they enjoyed the show or have they maybe got on with other endeavours?
2: They're intrigued
0: by it. I think
2: that uh, it doesn't move as fast as YouTube. Or mm. is it the other way around? I can't keep track these days.
0: Well, it depends how good your internet connection is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think uh, they don't mind it. Yeah, it's like a live action cartoon.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't know, like I watched it when I was a kid, and the Batman movie, the '89 Batman, was only just coming out, so I don't think there was that much Batman stuff really in the world for me to be too distracted by other, like, you know, incarnations of the character.
1: How old are your kids? They are eight and eleven. So aren't they? Have you they watched the um, all the movies and the the new mm. stuff?
2: They haven't seen the movies or the new stuff. Just Is that because
1: you're a responsible parent?
2: Uh, I've, I've shown them other irresponsible stuff, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to force them to watch the Akiva Goldsman scripted Batmans. That would you, be
1: child abuse. I have a question. There is a point where it looks like they're trying to shoot an exterior shot. There's the door of their pied-out or something, but there's no wall. Am I getting ah, that right? I was very confused by this.
2: Uh, for a while, I thought Chief Standing Pat is standing, looking out yes. this glass door. But because there's no window, clearly no window, right. it kind of looks like the door is just in the middle of the shop somewhere. Yes, that's
1: exactly what it looks like. It's very confusing. Until everyone runs over to the not there window and starts saying, oh, look what's in the sky. I couldn't tell if they were trying to make a joke or if, this, if they just forgot part of the set or something. <laughs> I think they would yeah. They, I think it, it was meant to be the front, and
2: they didn't put that much effort in.
1: Why haven't you taken your kids to see? Um, or how, why haven't they watched the other movies? If you're such a Batman fan,
2: um, I don't think they would appreciate them yet. So they've been seeing all the Marvel movies. That's kind of um, their level, but I don't think they're ready for duck and brooding oh, quite I yet. See.
1: Hmm, sounds like a responsible parenting. It does. <laughs> I'm not implying anything that you have been an
0: irresponsible parent, <laughs> but I think I've blatantly said a number of times you've been an irresponsible parent.
1: <laughs> I took him to watch Batman come very close to murdering Superman. <laughs> My two-year-old turns three next month. He's starting to get into the superhero stuff. He's wearing capes. He's got Batman's cowl mm-hmm. that he that he runs around with. Like son, like father. Yeah. When can he watch? He's just watching the animated stuff right now that we just rented the uh, from the library. Mm. The Superman animated um, series. Mm-hmm. Mm. When can he graduate to the movies? I think it's all about the conversations you have with your child afterwards. <laughs> Do you talk to your kids? Um, I, I don't know how. That's why we watch movies together.
0: <laughs> Are you
1: British
2: like my dad? I definitely have. This have- ex- explains a lot about you, Dan. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: Sadly, it does.
1: <laughs> I, um, for better or worse, with these kinds of things, sometimes think eh, they're going to watch it anyway at some point. Better that they watch it with you. Why not? Uh, yeah. So yeah. You can show them the right places to laugh. The older one, he he won't watch certain parts of The Dark Knight because it's kind of scary and the Joker's kind of scary, and I I won't let him watch him um, cut anybody's throat or anything. Mm. But you know, all the punching—that's all right. <laughs> Punching's fine. Batman doesn't use
2: guns. While, while we're talking parenting and action films, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, should I take my children to it or not? Yes, definitely. No.
0: What? Well <laughs> The kids need to see the most entertaining movie of 2018. But there's lots of murders in it. As long as he has a conversation with them, it's fine. I showed my son
2: the trailer and he was put off by the heroes having guns. He's used to yeah. only the bad guys have guns. That's right. So he was a little bit. Oh, this this doesn't seem like a normal superhero movie. One of the
1: best lines in any action movie is in Enter the Dragon when Bruce Lee says, "No, no guns." Ooh! When they're getting ready for their. Um You're talking about previous Batman 1966 guest star Bruce oh, Lee. That's
0: right. This <laughs> is me bring the conversation back <laughs> to Batman.
1: Um, when the the guy in brown face that's doing the Mexican uh, guy, Fred. Yeah, Fred. When Fred says um, he wants to find out how they're splitting up the money, uh, Shame says, um, yeah, he's Mexican all right.
0: Oh, Mm. jeez. That's been the the running gag.
1: Because
2: I I, I didn't mind. I felt like there was a little bit of, albeit 60s, attempt at subversion early on when uh, Mexican guy keeps sort of, you know, is obviously very well educated and speaks with a British accent but they, they kind of have to bring it back in the end. I thought also it was interesting, uh, at one point Commissioner Gordon says it's all gotten a bit batty and then he realizes that he may have overstepped a line and <laughs> offended <laughs> someone. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so they did understand that things could be <laughs> offensive, <laughs> but just only if yeah. you're Batman. That is, that's true.
1: Tanks in the street, a horse in my outer office. Has the whole world gone batty? <laughs> Just an expression, Batman. No slight intended. I understand. Mm. There was some kind of line that you're not supposed to cross. Mm. But, um, yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Someone says at some point, get away from our fanny. And I thought uh, you guys um, would have appreciated that. Be giggling like mad. Yeah.
0: Now, I thought it was interesting the way they ended the episode with the abandoned part of Gotham City. Yeah. Why is there an abandoned part of Gotham City? If, first of all, Bruce Wayne's such a great philanthropist, and then also you've got Batman trying to clean up Gotham City, why are they not making efforts to try to revitalize this decaying part of the town? And why does it look like a Studio Lot Western set? And look exactly like the same street they drive up pretty much every time (laughs) in the show.
2: But see, there was an important moment when Batman was, when he challenged Shame And he decided to do it in this condemned part so that he didn't injure any other bystanders. Superman could have learned from this in The Man
0: of Steel. He very well could have.
1: That's true. He could have done a better job about those innocent bystanders. Mm. I think
0: it's important to note that it is a throwaway line in that movie that they did move to an area of town of which had been heavily evacuated. They did talk about that. No, but that's in in Batman versus Superman. No, at the end when he's fighting Zod... They but refer that, to the evacuations that have been taking place.
2: Isn't that the whole reason Bruce wants to take down Superman? Because of all the bystanders? I don't think it's
1: Zod. I think it's the other guy that kills him. That they go to an abandoned place. They make a reference to
0: the large evacuations that have taken place. But because of the quality of the filmmaking, they don't really let that hang for a moment. Like The audience don't really quite catch the idea that the town is largely evacuated. But anyway, I'm not here as a Man of Steel apologist. <laughs>
2: You're serving that role for the moment.
0: Ben Ewan, in our closing moments of Batman Land for another week, I just want to suppose the question here. Did you learn anything from the Bright Knight himself? I learnt what
2: hornswaggled means. <laughs> what, what does, does it mean? mean? No, I didn't actually learn that. <laughs> <laughs> I learnt that uh, Gotham has air pollution issues.
1: Hmm?
2: Oh, did it? Yeah, well, that's why Shame and Calamity Jane were trying to find, uh, you know, greener pastures to head to after this one last job. Because of the pollution.
1: Mm. She's our insurance policy. As long as she's still breathing this Gotham City stuff that passes for air, nobody's going to stampede us. So that's an interesting environmentalist message. Yeah. Funny those
2: little things that get slipped in there.
1: You wouldn't expect that.
2: And I also learned that uh, Bruce Wayne, unlike Shame, has respect for the way that elders feel that courtships should take place.
0: Yeah, it's good information. You don't mm. want to be caught in an apartment with a young woman and there's no chaperone.
2: Yeah, well, the shame was just all about, let's just dump this ugly thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All
0: hey, right.
1: Enough of that talk. <laughs> Nick Bassine, what did you learn this week? Now, I don't know the exact timeline, but I learned that this show clearly inspired the Scarecrow's weapon. Because they're Mm. using fear gas. I was thinking that too. Which is what Scarecrow uses. Yeah, I
2: wondered what the chronology was.
0: Do
1: you know when Scarecrow was first invented? I'm not too sure. I would guess he's probably
0: a 1970s Batman character.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Mm. Well, there you go. Um, I learned something connected to that, really. Uh, Just how you actually deal with stopping people from being afflicted by that scare gas. And really, it requires the bad antidote powder, but also mixed in one part bad antidote powder, two parts chicken soup. Is that, that right? That'll counteract the spray. Chicken soup can cure a lot of things. I oh, can it ever? Mm, yeah. I'd love a bowl right now. Anyway, we're going to head out of here and get us some chicken soup. This has been the end of another Batman Land. Nick Bassine. we talk about your Twitter handle all the time in this podcast, but if people haven't noticed, what is it?
1: I am at harmful.stereotypes.net underscore Buzzy the Beaver. Okay, that's a long handle. It's, long, it's a little long, <laughs> and for, you can you can just go to at Nick Bessine if that's it. Right. It's good they've lifted the character limits. Yeah,
0: Ben Newen, channel manager for SBS. Yes. If people want to get a stream of SBS-related propaganda in their Twitter feed, uh, where should they find you? At SBS. <laughs> but if they want to find you personally,
2: at Ben underscore Syd.
0: You can find me at the Dan Barrett. This is the end of another Batman Land. If you're enjoying the podcast, uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts. Leave reviews, helps people find the show. We'll be back next week, same Batman Land time, same Batman Land channel for our penultimate episode. Stay tuned.
1: Yeehaw!